All right, welcome to another episode of Just Two Canadians. I'm Shad, Johnny is sterile. We are going to be talking about something very sensitive and something that just happened in Edmonton and something that happened a couple of years ago uh, in Calgary, deaths of police officers in the line of duty. It's now time for another episode of Just Two Canadians with a special guest as Shad, Daryl, and our special guest, Dan, talk about police officers being killed in the line of duty and should they be getting trained even more how to handle mental health individuals. So let's start the show. Okay, so... Well, we had a, a tragedy in the city of Edmonton a couple of days back. Two police officers were killed on the line in the line of duty, and um, those officers were Constable Travis Jordan, age 35, and Constable Brett Ryan, age 30, were killed Thursday morning, responding to a call in an apartment complex in northwest Edmonton. They were ambushed. Never had an opportunity to. Uh, return fire and they were ambushed and uh, shot and killed the offender it turned out to be a 16 year old boy and the story was that his mom actually tried to apparently tried very hard to wrestle the weapon away from him but during that altercation he actually shot his mom and then took his own life it's now being reported that he is a suspect in a shooting a week earlier a block from his house at a pizza hut so this was an unfortunate situation. The police were not aware when they came to the location that the suspect was armed and they got ambushed and, and uh, they were killed in the line of duty. This is the first time since 2015 that an officer has been killed in the line of duty in the city of Edmonton. So um, we send our condolences to their families. We've said it before on the last podcast that as auditors, you know, part of what we do is you know, exposing uh, crooked cops because we're we're auditors, or or at least that's what I call myself. Maybe I think Shai calls himself something different, but for me, part of what I do is educating people, both the public and the police, on their rights and responsibilities as it pertains to the Charter of Rights, Section Two B, which is your freedom of expression and freedom of the press and other media of information. Um, as such, sometimes it happens that. You, you come across, uh, sometimes police are not going to enjoy that. Sometimes you can have bad uh, uh, confrontations with them. You might even be arrested or assaulted by them. And whenever we see something like that, we're going to expose those bad cops because at the end of the day, it's bad cops that get good cops killed. We don't ever want to see a situation. And I just want to make that super clear. I, I believe strongly, I speak for all of us as auditors or, or public recorders, that we don't want to see cops ever get hurt. That, that is absolutely not what what we're interested in. We're not anti-cop. We love good cops. We just don't want to see um, crooked cops assaulting people and violating their rights. So for, for us, the same as anybody getting killed who's innocent, we consider this to be a tragedy. And so today on the podcast, we thought we would talk a little bit about this situation and just in general situations where uh, police officers have been uh, killed or attacked in the line of duty. Yeah, and I know that Chad has had at least one situation where he audited a, a police officer. Um, 
yeah, tell so, that story. So as Daryl calls himself an auditor, um, a lot of people know I call myself a Canadian rights activist. Uh, the reason for that is because of viewers who say that, you know, I'm an activist. I'm, I, you know, so I consider myself an activist. Um, so two years ago, um, Sergeant Andrew Harnett was struck down uh, with a vehicle during a, a check stop and was run down, dragged, and was killed in line of duty New Year's Eve. I remember um, getting the, the message about the death. Uh, you know, Calgary City police officer died in line of duty. Um, I was at work at the time, just like the two Edmonton police one. I was getting that alert while I was at work. And um, I was like, oh, okay. And then when it came out, I never heard the name. It was people making comments and con contact me saying you recorded this individual you should take down the video and it turned out that it was the sergeant that came up and said congratulations to you you're you're on camera you know this now or oh, you're just one of those guys youtube and then at the end he just called me an idiot and told the other two officers go and i was like boy you know like like he was not perfect. He's a sergeant. This is a leader. This is how he, you know, that's how I met. Uh, that's the only time I've ever met. And out of due respect, because plus we're in Canada, right? Like at the time, like who would have thought that we would, or for me personally, record an officer or have an officer on video that will later on die on the line of duty and so i actually removed that video now he was part of my intro so there was too many for videos for me to take down or even edit but i took that video down because a lot of people said well you should show the respect for his wife and on unborn child at the time um now, I don't know about Daryl, but I, after the two Edmonton police, now, just so everybody knows, I did put that video back up because um, I thought it was just fair because a lot of people, you know, they, you know, that rule says, you, you know, don't talk ill will of the dead. But I was like, so many people were talking about how nice he was, but, I, you know, it's like, but he had a moment, right? I didn't know if he came back from a bad call and he was just like, uh, or there was individuals in Calgary that acted badly when it came to the police. So he thought maybe I was one of them type thing, but I decided to put, put the video back, but I don't know about Daryl, but I started going through my videos when I was in Edmonton to see if, one or both of them were in any of my videos. And when I found out the station they were in, I actually started going through that video. And knowing that I had that one cop uh, who came up and talked to me and I got him to identify and I just stood there silent. And he's actually now my end credit. 
I actually had to go back to see if that was one of them. And I'm not saying lucky enough. I was kind of like going, okay, so that wasn't one. But I started going through a lot of my videos because I was like, were any of these guys in any of my videos? Because if they were, I don't know about you, Daryl, or and Dan uh, from the previous broadcast is uh, joining us as a special guest. Um, I think with this situation, I probably would have taken down the video and keep it down for a while because of the circumstances of how these two did die. It wasn't like, as you said, they were ambushed. That's what I heard. It was a domestic between the kid and, and the mom. And reports are saying that um, that Edmonton police knew this 16-year-old very well. He did not have a criminal record, but they knew him. So, But that's all they said. Did they know him because he committed crimes or was it because of mental? They're not really. He did have a mental health certificate, from what I understood, or okay. he had one sort of a mental health call. I was going to say because I I never heard. So, so they, so he was well known for that. Uh, a lot of people like, how were these officers be able to be shot and killed? Now, my understanding of what I heard, and I don't know about you two, was. These officers were killed in the hallway going up to the department. So either A, like his, a lot of them don't have the earbuds like Calgary police do. So he could have heard their radios coming up or saw the patrol vehicle pulling up. I don't know if they were in together, same vehicle or uh, two separate units, but he probably saw them coming and what my what i've heard and i, I cannot confirm uh that this what happened but this is what i heard was he ambushed them in the hall and these two individuals these two officers did not have time to react none of them they said that they they didn't take out their sidearms or anything it was that quick of an ambush and then yeah then the mom who jumped in to stop what was happening is in the hospital, ICU, and the kid committed suicide. A lot of people are making comments about this, uh, being reading comments. Um, one person did say, how did this 16-year-old get a gun? Yeah, and going straight down to the other point was a lot of people were like, but did these officers get really good training? Like they were veteran officers. They should have known better, but you, you know, you, for officers, they don't know, you know, anything could happen, including a routine traffic stop, like uh, Sergeant Andrew Harnett. Um, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. And for me, as a Canadian, now we know politics and we're not going to go into politics because they're probably going to talk about, you know, we got to get tough with guns. But the thing is, is for us as Canadians, I think it's so shocking that, that you know, two officers got killed on a duty versus almost down in the States. 
um, because it happens a lot down in the States where cops are shot and killed. Now, a lot of it was ambushed, like the two Edmonton police officers, but it doesn't happen as much as up in Canada that, you know, and so that's why it's more shocking. But what's getting me is I hope this doesn't become, um, I don't want to say trend, but occurrence, like this is going to be happening a lot. I, I did end up picking up my uh, videos, by the way, and I, I didn't find them on there anyways. I, I did do that right away, too, to see if I had ever had an interaction with them, but I never did. Sorry, Dan? Dan? Go ahead, Dan. Here, here in Winnipeg, we haven't had uh, police involved in shootings that have been wounded since 2008. Um, we've had, over the course of the past three years, uh, three officers who took their own lives. Uh, one felt the stress because of all the activism that's going on and all the defund the police talk that was going on. He was feeling a lot of pressure um, and decided to take his own life, which is a shame. Uh, I'm not for defunding the police. I'm for, I'm all, I, I'm, I, and again, we talked about this. We're not anti-police. I'm not anti-police. I, I think that they do a hard job, and but there are bad ones out there that give them a bad name. Um, but yeah, we haven't had too many officer-related shootings here in Winnipeg since 2008, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a very good thing considering our crime rate here in Winnipeg is, I think we're the murder capital of Canada, I'm pretty sure. Uh, second, maybe to Thunder Bay. But uh, yeah, with the amount of crime that we have going on, I'm, I'm surprised that we have not seen more officers wounded here in Winnipeg. And I'm happy to see that. Um, I think... What's in their uh, uh, Ontario Police Department uh, yeah, Ontario provincial police officer killed earlier this year. It was also an ambush um, by two individuals who were out on bail. Yeah, I remember that right. Yeah, that happened during this during during the summer. I think during the summer, re very very recently, it happened. Yeah. So and then. Yeah. There so what do you guys think is going to be sort of the like so what's going to be the fallout of this because i know you were talking a little bit um chat about how like so after the officer was killed in calgary right like you said you noticed like a change in the way that police are interacting with you it with me and including when it came to drivers uh because plus they didn't they kind of knew who who the individuals were but um it was just how they were approaching things. And as everybody knows about when I got my stunting ticket, um, it was it was like two weeks after the death of Andrew Harnett. And now I know some people were trying to put two two together, like, the one cop wanted me charged because I had him on video. I mean, I've met a number of Calgary police officers who have watched. Like when I got my uh, trespassing ticket, 
the officer said, oh, I've watched your video. He's been in a number of my videos. Uh, he's not against of what I do. He's he's 100%. He, you know, I've had officers who have told me, like, we watch your videos and we agree. Like, as we all said, we're not anti-police. We're pro-good police departments. We're anti-bad police personnel. Those who should not be wearing, and I call them the costume, if they're acting badly. The ones that are good, they wear the uniforms. And so, you know, I know Kagasi, please watch my videos. And so, but I start seeing. Now, the outcome of this, I 100% believe that it's going to be changing uh, the officers' interactions with the public. Because to me, I always said was the police kept saying, we're afraid of the public because the public could hurt us. And it was the public said, but you could kill us. Here in Calgary, Dan talked about Winnipeg being murder city of Canada. Here in Calgary, we're number one of police-related uh, officer shootings. Police officers have shot and killed more people in Ca Calgary than any other city. And a lot of them were wellness checks. An officer goes, well, I felt threatened, so I shot and killed. Now, this is the sad part where people mourn for a police officer. But when a police officer kills someone who ha had a mental problem and was a wellness check because they want to commit suicide, no one grieves for that person they go oh poor police officer that's where i kind of go wait hold on for a second but that officer killed this individual who was having a mental breakdown now this kid this 16 year old was having a mental breakdown we don't know what took place number one edmonton police officers do not have body cameras now try to get a body camera here in calgary even the andrew harnett body camera I've known pe I know people who tried to uh, get that footage. The Calgary police, even if they say it is public video, they're not releasing it. Even after the court cases and everything's done, they're not going to release it. Um, I mean, you could get other body cam videos, but they're not releasing that. Edmonton police do not have body cameras. And this is, and we talked about this in a previous episode, where just, it was literally 24 hours prior, the Alberta government turned around and saying it's mandatory for every single police officer in Alberta to have a body camera. Now, I know, you know, I know what Edmonton Police is saying. To me, I'm not saying what happened it's not what they're saying because, you know, they're doing the investigation. But can I 100% believe what happened happened? Because, right, were, were there witnesses? Were there um, of everything that happened? But the whole ambush, and this is what they're saying, was these officers were ambushed. And if they were... The question is, is that versus like Andrew Harnett, because the individual took off because they got scared. 
But wouldn't these two officers turn around and go, wait a minute, this individual has a history of mental illness. They, he's done this, this, and this, and this. Maybe we should prepare ourselves. We don't know, right? And that's the, that's the question part, because, and that's what a lot of people are wondering. These are tr like trained veteran officers. What happened that they were killed and not, and plus not able to defend themselves? And that, that is the question a lot of people are saying. I understand people's, you know, um, question about it because part of me, I do too, because I'm like, well, they should be trained. They should know what the key signs are. But at the end of the day, should we worry about that or should we be putting our prayers and how can we support these families? Not only these officer families that are going through what they're going through and now with the public eye on them, but the public eye is also going to be on the mom. We should be going, this poor mom who tried to take that gun away from that 16 year old and was shot. She should be getting supported too through prayers, but as a community, we should be supporting her because she's going to need it too. And of course, I'm not in Edmonton, I'm in Calgary, but those who are listening, and if you're in Edmonton, see what you could do because that mom who had to deal with that 16 year old to go through all that, just imagine if that was you have to deal with that. You're probably at wit's end, but you're trying to love on this child and hope for the best and pray for the best that this individual would, you know, get better. And then this happened. And I'm not saying nothing about bad about the officer's families, but we should also support that mom because she is a victim also. So, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Like, as far as, because you're talking about like being, being prepared for that situation. And, and for the record, I just want to point out that from what I understand now was that the police officers actually did make it to the guy's suite. So it sounds to me like they were at the door, the door was open and that's where they got shot. Not necessarily that he was hiding someplace waiting for them to come up the stairs into the hallway or something like that. Again, we're just getting bits of information. So we don't, I don't know if we'll ever know the full story. You know, because uh, because all the witnesses are either are either gone or, or in a hospital, you know, but um, do you think that like, I mean, because what are the police supposed to do? Are they supposed to now come out with guns drawn? You know what I mean? Like, like hair, like finger on the trigger, guns drawn and loaded and stuff. I mean, we don't want a situation like that either. So do you think that we're going to start getting more of these kind of calls like what we had um, after the George Floyd situation where there's going to be like calls for like. Um, social workers or some sort of a, a special, you know, non-police um, mental health check that would go there first? Because, I mean, I'm not sure how I feel. I've, I've got some opinions, but I'm curious what you guys think, because the, the thing is, if a, if a mental health worker comes and the person doesn't feel like they're going to be necessarily arrested, if they can explain their situation, they might be able to get some some treatment, go to a hospital or something instead of a prison or getting charged or something like that. Maybe in a situation like this, this situation could have been avoided, or maybe it would have been the opposite. And this guy would have just 
not only killed those social workers, but then he would have continued on and hurt some more people after that. So we don't know. But do you, what do you guys feel about about that concept of using social workers to go for mental health calls before sending the police? And do you think that's something we're going to see more of now after this incident? Um, I know Dan's thinking right now, and I'm going to do this really quickly. Calgary Police have what they call the PAC team. It is one officer with a mental health nurse that respond. The issue with the PAC team is the hours they are in operation. It's only literally one, maybe two units during the day, not during crisis time. That's, that's the problem. My, my thing is police officers are trained more into self-defense and you know guns and self-defense and handcuffing versus we could say law but the one thing i 100 agree on with this one cop that i got to know who took psychology he said him taking psychology has helped them on the job they don't get training in that officers should be getting trained of dealing with mental health individuals um you know getting trained for someone that want to commit suicide i have the exact same training as they do uh, i can't remember what it's called right now but having a unit like pack team here in calgary should be 24 hours but it is one of those things where depends on the call and that is the question because i think we don't know the call because are we ever going to be hearing the 911 call? No, they're probably not going to release that or let us ha be able to have it. I can't say body cameras or even their the um, information that was on their computers. For me, the thing is, is that have, having a PAC team is crucial, but officers should too have that specialized training just in case. I, I agree with you, Daryl. I don't think they should just send out two people who are social workers to a call. That's where the whole defund the police is. I, I disagree with that. But having what the Calgary police have, it could be more amount of, uh, better. But would something like that, if let's say a police officer and mental health worker or a nurse uh, arrive in that, would the exact same thing happen? We could say, yeah, but who knows, right? We don't know what happened there, and that's the thing. But can it work? Yeah, because that mental health nurse will say, look, I believe you should come in and, you know, see the doctor. This individual's here is not against you. He's here to help you. And the officers with the PAC team, and then I know Dan's being very patient. I can see him being very patient. I'm gonna they were not what I call hard uniforms, they were soft uniforms. So they they look more relaxed, not like you know, they look like they're more soft, so it's easy. Um, um it looks easier to approach than like a hard uniform type type look. Go ahead, so I, I'm of the opinion that, what, first of all, what happened in Edmonton was very tragic and 
should never have happened. However, you touched on something very key, self-defense. So I think that there could have possibly possibly have been more lives spared if at least one officer was prepared with less lethal rather than going in, you know, guns drawn. I think at least having one automatically less lethal going in probably could have prevented multiple people being shot. I think that, you know, they did, like you say, they don't know what they're going into. So at least go in less lethal. And I agree with the pact, the pact team as it's known in Calgary, but I, I think again, it should be going 24 seven and it should be a, a t- two officers and, and a mental health worker. And the officers do need better training when it comes to dealing with people with mental health. I think that will be a huge difference. Just even a 12 week program just to, just to learn how to de-escalate because lots of them, I find lots of police officers don't know de-escalation too well. Um, I can say I have noticed a difference in police mentality. Uh, I, I recently did an audit and I saw the difference between my previous audits on the WPS and my most recent one. There was definitely a difference. There was a different mindset on their side for sure. Uh, I've mentioned it. All my encounters have been pretty good uh, with the exception of my most recent one. And I think that mentality has changed and it's probably going to change. And police are going to be more apprehensive when it comes to dealing with the public outsiders like us that are going in there trying to do some good. And I think it's going to definitely impact a lot of people. Yeah. And I think the part of the problem is that we, I don't know what it's like in Manitoba. I'd be curious, you know, it's been in like in Alberta. So like our police get to investigate themselves, for example, in the case of a misconduct, then the next step would be that uh, your case would go if you wanted to appeal. Let's say the chief decides to find the officers innocent of misconduct. The next step would you would go to the quote unquote civilian review board, which is the law enforcement review board in Alberta. The problem with this is it's a quasi-judicial. It's not a court, so they're not held by verdicts of the Supreme Court. And if they make a decision the police don't like, the police can sue them. And that court, uh, that court's decision is binding on the LERB to the point that the LERB is completely impotent, really. They really don't have the means to fulfill their civilian mandate. And so there's a lot of leeway for the police. And then there's all other kinds of things. There's Section 25 of the Criminal Code that basically says if you're in a uniform and you're sort of trying to do your job, you know, even if you commit a violation or a crime, you're going to get off scot-free, things like that. So I think that there's a problem where police don't necessarily feel in Canada like they're going to face accountability if they're committing a crime. So I like your concept of just giving some extra mental health treatment, and not only because it will it could potentially save lives or, or uh, keep the peace and reduce conflict in those mental health situations. But like you say, I think there's just a lot of cops that simply don't know how to de-escalate because why, why, why do they have to learn how to do that? Because if, whether they de-escalate or not, they're still going to be able to break the law. There's nothing's going to happen to them. And, and like talking about training. Now, what I heard and what you, you said, like they, it was through the door. 
And, you know, my next thing is, is like, why would two police officers stand in front of the door? I, aren't they trained to be standing at the side of the door? Side. Right. At least one. Yeah, good point. Right. So, you know, but again, these are, again, it's what I've heard, what you've heard, Daryl, um, probably Dan's probably hearing this for the first time, but it is what we've heard, but it's what the truth of the matter that I I believe that Edmonton police are will release it later on of what happened. I think it's just the pressure of people in Edmonton want to know answers right away. We're here in Calgary, we're like, okay, you tell us when you're ready, you know, like we're not gonna push it. And I that's how what I see, but and because it is being natural, like Two Edmonton police officers, like when when was the last time a mass shooting? That was RCMP, right? When four of them got killed. So it, it's one of those things where, yeah, we could question police training, but you know, during the academy, but I also question their training throughout their career. Like they should be getting mental health assessments. Um, they should be getting, they don't, should not be just qualifying, uh, self-defense and weapons to continue to be on the street. They should be qualifying of making sure they understand rights and this, but the issue is, is that, and we, it's something that we could talk about in a future episode of please oaths, because here in Alberta, including Manitoba, they're not sworn to uphold the constitution. They're sworn an oath to the king now, not the queen, but to the king and to the courts. The only province that they are sworn into to protect the constitution is in Ontario. So that that is the biggest question because that's where, for me, is when people, us as Canadians say, you swore an oath to keep to uphold the constitution. They're not, or uphold the law. No, they're not. They they work for the courts. They don't. That's not what they are. So it is the ongoing training, but including mental health training. And a lot of officers I know who I've got to met during what I've been doing have said. If we want this training, we have to take it in our own time. It's not provided to us. And just to just to touch on that, if I can, I have a very good liaison. I spoke at City Hall and met a police officer who's been very kind to me. And, you know, even people at City Hall, the people that are ultimately running the police, they don't deal with everyday people so they don't even know how to how, how to train their own police officers so you know these police officers see it every day but they're not it's it's not being handed down from upper management like the city's not saying you need a 12-week course every year to get up to date on current laws or you know mental health mental health classes to you know better understand mental health issues i think that's recertification that should happen at least every two to three years just again you get recertified and recertified because yeah. 
The dynamics are always changing. And um, <clears throat> yo, I, I and I hundred percent agree with that. And uh, it's so at the end of everything, um, our I will I will say that our our hearts and our and our thoughts are are to the officers' families. We are, you know, straight to the point of, you know, could have this being prevented, nobody would know, right? Even if he had a history with the Edmonton police, nobody would know if this could have been prevented. Um, so please, um, your thoughts and prayers to the family that are grieving, losing their brother, husband, wife, um, and including having prayers to the mom who will have to live with this for the rest of her life. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it's probably a little twisted or different, but I, I do, I, I'm thinking of her, she's the victim. And, uh, so, um, as we come to the closing, Daryl, well, we'll we'll talk again in the future about. Uh, I, I know there's going to be people that are going to complain and say, "Well, you know, uh, how come you guys don't talk about all the people you know that were killed by the police, um, citizens that were killed by the police when they were on duty?" And we'll we'll get, talk about those situations. And I've done a couple of audits re regarding those uh, kinds of stories, and we do think of those, and we don't. We don't think of those, certainly don't think of those people any less. Uh, those were definitely preventable deaths, and we'll talk about those in the future. But we wanted to talk about the story now while it was fresh. It's national news. It's international news. It's a big deal when a couple of police officers get killed. It's not a common thing. And in any situation where someone is ambushed and killed when they're innocent, we think on them. We, we're, it's a tragedy, and we think about their families and their loved ones. So we just wanted to share that with you guys today. And... Uh... Again, Dan, thanks for being a part of this broadcast. For everybody, thank you for listening. Um, if you have a comment about this or something you want us to talk about, please email it to us at two Canadians broadcast at gmail.com. Of course, the link is in the description. Until next time, just remember the camera's your friend and your greatest witness. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for joining us on Two Canadian Broadcast. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, pretend you think we're funny, make a comment, whatever you like. But thanks for joining us. Make sure that you never give up your rights to speak freely, to film in public, and always keep it on a positive note. Remember, we're in this together. Peace out for Two Canadian Broadcast. Just to Canadian Broadcast was produced by Shad, aka CRM, and music by Eddie Arch, the after party. All right. Um, you didn't even get a dad joke in that time. <laughs> <laughs>